To on base and off point, life in, in the, the deep, deep end, end with Jr. and Vinny. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's everybody? What's tonight? going on? Hey, we're having a good time already. What a day! What Dark a day. Horse has, uh, has served us well already. Well, we're getting. We had to have some spaghetti prior to mm. carb load before the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to take a nap. <laughs> what are we doing here? I have no idea. Time for a nap. My goodness. So, how was your day? Not too bad. I got to hang out with you a little bit. I know. It's fun to have you back in the squadron. Yeah, it's kind of nice after being gone for almost. What was it like? Months. It's just weird. It's just you walk Isn't in, it? you walk in, and you feel like you belong, and then you walk around the corner and go, "No, this I don't." Is, yeah. I've been retired now for almost twelve years. How long were you stationed, like at that building? Ten years. That's a long time. That's the longest of all the bases that I was at. I was at McGuire for eight before the band closed down. I would have yeah. been at McGuire for another two years, so I would have I would have equaled to ten. But yeah. it didn't work out that way. So you come back to the building. The building hasn't changed a whole lot. It's kind of no. In fact, when I got here in '97, we were in another building because really? they were they were finishing. Oh, I up. heard about that. They were on the flight line or something. Yeah, and we were. I was there for about a month. The jazz band went on the tour, and we came back, and we were in the other place. And I was in there from like August of uh, or September of '97 until I retired. Yeah. So today there was no music going on in the building. Yeah, that was kind of weird. So we, for those of you don't, that don't know, um, we do some things, um, professional development type things, and we did the four lenses today. And spouses were invited, and and I was a spouse. So you showed up as a spouse, and we had a nice showing of about fifteen or so people. It was great. Um, not too big, not too small. Got a chance to, to, to meet people that I hadn't really had a chance to meet before. I mean, yeah. I didn't see them, but I really had a chance to talk to them. A lot of musicians, mostly of, musicians. Mostly musicians. kind of cool. And uh, so those of you who don't know, Four Lenses is a temperament um, assessment, is what I call it. And what it does is it kind of um, breaks down your primary go-to lens or color. And it's, it's called a color Okay. So, and you experienced it today. I, I've done several. As were you, you were you a facilitator both time, all the times? No, no, this is this is this is the first time I facilitated by myself. Nice. <laughs> could you tell? No. Oh, good. I could do better. I, 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 I like took notes on things I could work on. Well, the, the the biggest compliment I gave you uh, is that you don't you didn't seem like you were you were. Uh, uneasy with anything. It was you were you were confident with your, what you were saying. You looked at the book and read a couple things, but you didn't, right. it wasn't anything like like where I thought that you had to read that because you didn't know. It was th- things that you had to bring up as far as different lenses had different traits, th- right. things like that. And you know, I don't expect somebody to just have that off the top of their head. Well, I don't do it that much, so it's I'd rather have the crutch and get it right. Sure, but it, I don't think it impedes my delivery of the material. It's still kind of natural. Sometimes you know, it's like. When people are reading from things, it becomes like a PowerPoint presentation or something. But um, anyways, yeah, it's the first time I've done the facilitation by myself, which was nice to have people I know in right. the class. Right. But um, basically, there's four temperaments, and everyone kind of gets to, to understand their, temp- their primary temperament, although you have all four of them. Everybody has all yeah. four of them. This it? goes back, I mean, th- this is not anything new, though. Egyptians talked about it. 
American Indians had like wind, fire, and water, or whatever, right? As well, uh, the Greeks, Aristotle, all throughout time, we, we, people realized it's kind of like a personality traits that we fall back into that we're comfortable with. And, and for the for the most part, they they hit right on the head. I mean, there's some of them. Like when I was reading, you have four cards, and, and there's a front of the card where it has pictures, which which kind of give you that. Oh, do you fit into these pictures? And for me, the front was a little bit more difficult with pictures than it was with words on the on the back. So I'm looking at the pictures. I'm going, well, I don't really, not all, not none all, of these work. You know, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I kept going through them again and again. The interesting thing is, is when I picked the first four, because you ranked these in, in, in highest to lowest. Yeah. I turned it over and I started reading the characteristics or the words that they used to describe it. Sure. I I did it exactly the same way. I had I picked it the same exact way, no change. Interesting. Yeah, and, and, and it was kind of like, well, and then this that probably lined much. up with the 10 questions that follow, that, you know, flesh out the rest of the survey. And the, the 10 questions, the, yeah, 10 questions you had to rate, you know, one to four, what best, best works with you. Right. And the, the thing for me was, I was pretty even. I mean, I had 33, for, you have a total of 120 points. I never thought you were the analytical type. No, it was. It's, let me tell you something, Vinny. Let, now, now I'm going to be honest with you here. Okay. okay. I thought for sure, with the amount of talking you do on this podcast, <laughs> I was pretty sure you were an orange or a blue. You know, you were the outgoing, the extrovert. I mean, I think if we did a word count between who oh, talks I'm, the I, most. I would win in, in a... In... I, yeah, so I'm the orange. I'm the extrovert. I should be, I mean, for the amount of content that comes with the words that you spit out. <laughs> I, to be an orange, I, I, I expect a little more concentration. Yeah. Of content from now on. For me? Yeah, from you. Oh, I wait, mean, I, If I have to concentrate, we're going to have to stop. What, now we're going to have to drink more wine. What I say should obviously just be babble. I'm an orange. I'm like the guy that just goes, he's like, you know. Does anything he wants, whatever Doesn't he know wants. a stranger. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I don't know you, but let's be friends. It's all good. I like you. What's your name? And and green is green. Green is all analytical, and you you know you want to be alone, and you know it's a great Garbo thing. I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm, I, I just want to be left alone. But for me, it, it it's 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 when I finally see a person, it's I want to dump all this stuff that's been in my head for the last three days. Hey, I've been thinking about this for the last forty five hours. Let me tell you what's going on. And you're like, well, you that know, makes sense. You're kind of a well rounded. Well, that's 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 the other thing. At 120 points, I was 33 for uh, green, 30 for blue, 29 for gold, and 28 for orange. So it was, you know, within five point skew either way. When I had to draw the little box and connect yeah. them all. Yeah. It looked like it looked like a rumbus. And you looked at me and said, "Yeah, a green person would say rumbus." Yeah, so, yeah. I felt like what's the what's the kid's name on? Um... The Simpsons, who's always picking on Bart. Oh, who the hell is that? The uh, oh, he said rumbus. He said rumbus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who the hell is that guy? I can't remember the it's name. Not Arnold. I forget his name. But anyways, yeah. Um, so it was fun. It's always it's always good to spend some time with people, talk sure. to people, and get you know. I don't think we do enough of that in today's culture. Well, we're on our phones all the time, or we're That's on the crazy. internet, or we're you know reading exactly. a book on our Kindle. I was yeah. talking with uh, one of the guys at work about manners today. It came up again. Oh, boy. We yeah. talked about it last week. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's you like know. people have no... There's a staff sergeant called about a request, and we did him a favor, and he said, the least he could have said was thank you. So we're helping him out. You know, it's probably some 20-some-year-old. Something. That's, that's not what thank you is. He's like, well, I, 
But I didn't say, well, you're welcome. I got yelled at. Well, you know, Greg, he's kind of cranky. No. Greg, we love you if you're listening. We love you even if you're not, not listening. listening. So. Especially if you're not listening at this point. Yeah, so. You All are. right. Let's talk about what's on your noodle. What do you got today, Vinny? Oh, um, I've been going through that, uh, that book. Um, oh. No, 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 no. Yeah, I was going to talk you about the reading room? Or did you no, no, no. Okay. What's uh, we'll save that for later. All right. So I was thinking about this earlier earlier this afternoon. How do you argue? It depends on with who. Okay. Well, let's let's throw some scenarios in here. Yeah, bring it. Um, how do you argue with peers? I have uh, what's called a um, convincing style. Okay. What I try and do is uh, win somebody over with you. Win somebody over, baffle them with bullshit, and then say, "Hey, I, I don't. I'm not a forcing kind of guy. I'm more of a seller." Okay. When I get into arguments, I want to sell my point of view and get you to want to do it. to do what we're arguing about, or, or to agree with me through uh, me making my point. I'm, I'm not as much of a well. You're this wrong. Is how, this is how it is. How do you not see? I'm like, well, you have a good point, but have you thought about this or... Because if we're having this conversation about, and not peers, co-workers, but you're the leader, that's really, that's not, different. That's really not arguments. That's listening to somebody and then pretty much telling them to yeah. go to hell in a t- very tactful way, um, or, or less tactful. You're not doing this. We're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're, not, we're having an argument, but it's, it's, you know, you're wrong. Well, like with any of the, it's situational. Sure. It's certainly situational with, with my peers. Um, they're mostly chiefs. They're all chiefs. Right. And usually we don't get in each other's business because we're in different organizations. Right. So usually if we're getting in arguments, it's about who's, you know, what, what, what rock band was the greatest in the eighties or something, you know, something stupid. We're, we're, right. And, and not you know, innocuous. Usually, and, uh, yeah, exactly. Innocuous and harmless. Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. So, so my contention is that over the years, are you having more problems at work? No. Is this about the clarinet player? No, no, no. Like, he's, to, he's, he's, fine. I, he's fine. I must have vibed him into not playing any more music. Do I need to come into work? <laughs> yeah, no, I can see it now. Uh, so you're the clarinet player. Where's the clarinet? I'm not, I'm not the boss clarinet player. <laughs> yeah. I want the, 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 the worker clarinet player with no gigs and all he listens to <laughs> is goddamn clarinet music. Concertos. Uh, Get out here, over, front and center. Over and over again. Pronto. No, no I'm, not, I'm not having a work issue. It's, okay. it's, it's the... It, I guess I'll call it the art of arguing, hmm. you know, because I, th- I think like much like we had with the manners conversation last week, that that manners are lost on people. Yeah. Arguments are lost on people as well, because you can have a, a discussion and usually politics are the one that, that draws the politics or religion draws that stuff out. But rather than s- talking specific about something, it's how you argue, how you start a conversation because it, it, obviously it's not debate class. It's not point and counterpoint. No, but but I contend that we we don't do enough things face to face. Look, I didn't do I didn't have a conversation with the clarinet player. I just vibed them and, and, and played the music loud enough. So technically, I didn't argue with him at all. I just you know I it was as passive aggressive as it was going to be. Yeah, that's not really an argument. No, it's no, it's just a, it's a it's a line in the sand is what it was. You know, personality conflict or difference. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, but at the same time, I get I get to the point that my contention is is because we are so wrapped up in social media similarly to the manners issue yeah. and we don't know how to argue people will say that the 
most damning things over a Facebook post or over a text. But when it comes to having, if never say that to somebody's face, because you you know what's going to happen. You're going to either piss somebody off, you lose a friend, you you know whatever. It's really hard to look someone in the eye and do that. Yeah, and that's that's where my contention lies. If you're if you're going to make a statement and have an argument with somebody, and you can't have that face to face, then maybe it's time to reevaluate what you were really arguing about, or. You should have the ability to come up with because argument is nothing more than, than opposing facts that disagree. Opinions. Opinions. So, well, facts. Facts. Can, facts can you can create facts on either side of a subject. There are facts maybe on each side of a subject, but you, I don't think you can manufacture facts. They're either they're either fact there or it's or a lie. Well, the, 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 but there can be facts supporting both sides of an argument. Sure, absolutely. But I think fake news is when you just lie. I just made shit up. Like the right, Russians, right. that's fake news. It's not fake news. It's lies. It's lies. They're lies to incite um, or to, for political gain or whatever, but it's not really facts or but, fake so news. If, if you get into the conversation without going too far into this, because this is a really easy one to jump into at full force, but global warming stuff. Okay. If, if you have if you have an argument with somebody about global warming, they start bringing up the fact that Al Gore has been talking about the you know the world's going to come to an end in twelve years or whatever. they've been pushing things as far as that goes. I believe that that fact is erroneous, but there are there are facts that they will present to say that global warming exists, and and they'll say things like methane. They'll say that the, the um. That the temperature of the Earth has, has has changed, and they'll try to blame it on something specific. And we're in in that group of facts, they have erroneous statements that are attached to it. So if you're on the other end of this argument, you're going, well, no, 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 wait a minute. Your point A said this. Well, it really wasn't that. This is my argument against that. Well, and here's the problem I have. People take very complex issues and, and, and they buy into the the confirmation bias right. that supports their political agenda, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter whether it's left or right. And, and they, they want to think that, oh, this is very, you know, it's this, it's very solvable. It's e- No, it's very complicated subject. Uh, climate change is, you know, we had ice ages. What caused the ice ages? Bunch of stuff. How do we stop? What, what if an ice age was going to come back? How do you predict that? I mean, there's just so many variables. I don't. I don't know that um, are humans contributing to it. Probably. I, I think that I think the argument comes down but, to a basic premise that the, the percentage. What are you going to do about it? Well, if if and how can you prove? You know how much is doing this and how much is doing that and how much is going to change? How much are you willing to sacrifice? You know, if you're sitting there with your on your iPhone blasting this out, you know it on level ten. You're kind of hypocritical. Yeah, yeah. If if you're if you're really truly, you got to mine the gold to, to to put it in your right, right. Your well, if you're, if you're a true, if you're a true true believer of all that stuff, you should be living. You should you should be re- recycling. You should be uh, well, you, know, you should be putting it down on on tablets and stone. You should be chiseling. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, well, I mean if yeah, if you're really you're tr- really truly trying, into it, right. You're really trying to trying to get something get some kind of point across. You know, but th- my, again, I go back to the premise that, that that nobody argues very well anymore. I would agree. I think there's an art to arguing that's that's been lost. Um, people argue in court. There's rules to arguing. Right. Debate club. You know. Um, All that stuff that, that, that ha- you have to do it a certain way, or you're wrong. 
the famous Al Pacino line, you're out of order and you're oh, out of order. Oh, you're out of order. Yeah, yeah, you know, the Injustice for All thing. Or, yeah, that's right, Injustice for Is All. Is that the movie? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's right. Um, but but in the, in the process... I, I think that if people would think a little more, think their arguments through a little more, we could have better conversations. And here's something I'm really opposed to that's kind of irritating, and I, I can't remember how it came up. Oh, I know how it came up. I was... Um, I was doing a different class. It was um, resiliency. Okay. And I said something about, well, we probably shouldn't talk about politics and religion at work. And someone said, I disagree. <laughs> I was like, you know, I'm always in growth mindset. I'm always open to... Uh, something, right. Yeah, and I was like, what do you mean? Well, why can't we talk about that? Why can't we have civil discourse? Why, why can't we discuss this? Because civil, civil discourse and, and, and... It probably leads to what you just started talking about, is that people don't know how to be civil about right. it. But I think maybe that's why we are where we are, is because people refuse to, to look at the other side. People refuse to be in growth mindset. They refuse to think, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I could be partially right, or I could be completely right. But if I don't listen, if I don't open my brain... You know, God gave you two ears and one mouth. Right. So you should listen well, twice it, as much it, as you talk. It's a, it's a well, you don't. I mean, you, you talk twice as much as I, well, as I do. I'm supposed to. That's part of that's part of my uh, uh, green with a, with a with a funky gold behind it. I don't know gold, whatever. <laughs> the, but the, the the point the point goes back to that. If you and I are talking about something right. and, and we we disagree, and you state your case and you p- present a point, I'm going. Well, okay, I can I can at least. I think part of argument is you have to see the other person's side. Sure, because you want to poke holes in it. Not only do you want to poke holes in it, but if they say something that's worth, not not every argument. If you can't poke holes in it, then maybe you better open your brain up and go, well, oh, maybe maybe they have a point. And if, they're, and if they've made 10 points and eight of those you can poke holes in and the other two you can't, mm-hmm. and guess what? Maybe you should reevaluate your your version of it. Maybe it's not just... You're wrong. No, yeah. you're wrong. It's well because I I I'm going to get off on another tangent and and it, 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 it's government right now has the biggest problem of not being able to get any kind of anything done. And part of the reason they can't get anything done is because you have this side and this side. I'm making lines on far left and far right. Yes. And yeah, really. And, and nobody is agreeing that the best way to get things done is to moderate something in the middle that serves more than one person. That the common good is more important. And I don't, that sounds socialistic and that's not my intent. But the, the, the getting something accomplished is sometimes far better than holding your, your, your feet and this space and say, I'm not moving. We talked about this when I did, I did an Air Force mediation course. Oh, okay. I'm an actual certified Air Force mediator. Great. <laughs> if I have any problems with the Air Force, I'm going to call you I've never done a mediator. mediation, but I did go through the course. And I did and stay I'm in the Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> well, I need to. Huh? Yeah, you know, waffles. Yeah, there's great waffles in the morning. Yeah. But we talk about um, some of the strategies. Right. You know, what you're striving for, and this is what our politicians be, should be striving for, is collaboration. Right. Not compromise. Nope. Not forcing. Nope. Not avoiding. Right. There's a, there's a lot of those things going on, but so people think, well, compromise sounds good, but really that's not the ideal state. The ideal state is collaboration. Collaboration is win, win. Right. You get something, I, I get, get something. Dems get something, Republicans get, get something. something. It's win win. Co- we're going to collaborate on this. Everyone's coming out, you know, smelling like roses. Right. 
Now, so if we compromise, it's it's not bad at all. What it is is somebody's giving up something, and somebody's yeah. We're both giving up. We're something. bending. We're, we're gonna. I'm, so I'm not gonna get what I want. You're not gonna get what you want. So instead of being win-win, it's lose-lose. Exactly. Yeah. So and then of course there's forcing. It's my way or the highway. Right. Which and, if you have both, if you have both houses or both chambers and the presidency, then you can, you can force, force everything down. And they can't strong. seem to do it. No, they're, Obama couldn't do it. No, and neither Trump can't neither do Trump. it. No, they just even when you have everything, you just they can't seem to to do it, or at least, at least not as much as you would think. You would think it'd be easy. They to got do it that Obamacare way. through, you know, but the wall never happened. Right. You had you had a chance to put the wall up. Yeah. You had them both. So even even then, I think it's difficult. It's, I think it's more difficult when you when it, when their people are so polar opposites they don't see. The forest through the trees, or whatever the the property. Well, and, and, and I think when you're talking about Congress, there's ulterior motives. <laughs> you think it doesn't have to do? It's not always about. Well, I I want to do the right thing for the country. My constituents will not reelect me if I do this. Well, and, and or this is this is a a found belief that I have that I'm not going to budge no matter no, whether it's come hell or high water or or not. I'm not going to go. In this direction, so piss off. There's a certain point in time when you're a public servant. Oh yeah. That when you decide that it's your way or the highway, you're basically taking the gift of being elected into office and tossing it straight in somebody's face and saying, "You know what? Screw you. I'm going to do it my way." Yeah, and I want to call it a gift. It's a privilege. Right. It should be a privilege and an honor. Well, if you go back to the work for other people, you go go back to the Constitution. All these people that are in office are not supposed to be there for 30 freaking years. They're just not supposed to. I agree. You know, they're supposed to be there for a period of time and get the hell out. I think people have turned this into a job that requires deceit and, and uh, backdoor deals and, and, you know, stuff that wasn't intended by the founding fathers. You know, that's it's, my rant. Yeah. So on that happy note, <laughs> and I've you want to play a tune, or do you want to go to the next topic? Let's play a tune. All right, I um, got. Uh, what do you got for us? I got a tune. I need something peppy after that, okay? It's well, I got I got a tune that, that I'm something been, up. Well, that the tune with the uh, apple fritters. Uh, we do apple fritters. We, so last uh, last episode was. Anti-vaxxers and apple fritters, and we never really played apple fritters. We talked about it. We played the changes. We played the changes. So people are probably waiting. Like Jr. Vinny, Vinny. what the hell is an apple fritter? No, where the hell is? I tuned in to hear apple fritters. Fifteen seconds faster button until I hear music, and all I hear is blah blah blah. And it's mostly Vinny. (laughs) It's mostly Vinny. Blah blah blah. Calm down. You're talking too much. All right. Tell us a little bit about this tune before we play it. So I uh, I told us uh, last week that apple fritters are, are something that are very wonderful, and Bill's Donuts makes some great oh, apple Bill's fritters. Donuts. And apparently, if you go there on Mondays and Tuesdays, the guy that makes them on Mondays That's and Tuesdays right. Right. makes them better. And I can say that I've had Monday and Tuesday apple fritters, and I've had Friday apple fritters. And you have and confirmed. They are exactly different. We have confirmation. Confirmation. Okay. And so I was working on some tunes, and I decided to write a tune about apple fritters. So I see this tune is like an A, B, 
Yeah. Format. So is it like one day, Monday, Tuesday, or is it like, this is Joe Blow's apple fritters, but the B section, that's the good guys. That's the good guys. I think, I think okay. the B section is the good guys. Okay. And then the A section, the A section, the melody, the melody is a little, a little funky. So yeah, let's play. Oh, that's that. what it's got. Okay. That's, that's why it's, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. it's a little different. And then you got the B section like, oh, thank God I got the good fritters. All right. So, so. Can I be the, the good fritter maker guy? You can be the good fritter. All right, maker. cool. You, you, yeah, yeah. So I get the B section. You get the B section. I'll take I'll, I'll take the A section. That's hard. You wrote it. You well, should have to play I it. I have to play it. <laughs> I, I wrote all the little notes on the page, and I have to read the damn I things. I can't read those squigglies. Yeah, no, do you think I can? <laughs> all right. Let's play. Shall we? like a good apple fritter to me. Well, I'm, now I'm going to have to get you apple fritters because if I get an apple fritter on Tuesday, I'll bring them here on Wednesday and we can try them. 
So Tuesday's the day that the good Monday guy, and Tuesday's the, a good he's day. He's the B section. He's the B section. He's got the sweet little. He's got the good his apple fritters and stuff. There. Yeah, there you go. Well, damn. Maybe what we have to do is do a Tuesday podcast so we have them fresh. Because I can't imagine any kind of pastry. It's got to be. Or we just go there Tuesday. We we'll just go there on Tuesday. It. We can talk about it. We'll on talk Wednesday. about it on Wednesday. That's good. We can do Let's that. Let's try that. We can do that. Let's try that, and then we'll we'll have a full report for all you listeners on apple fritters. Yes. Next topic. What's on your noodle? This will be mine. Um, Notre Dame. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. See yeah, yeah, yeah. that craziness. I I saw some of it. I, I I didn't really see as much as I should have. But you know, I saw all the posts on Facebook about everybody being upset and everything else. And it's certainly ridiculous that that, that happened. But it was a it was supposed to be a, a, a job they were using to fix part of the, the they were wel- welding or something doing something like that. And well, this, you don't happen. They, they hired Muslim welders. Oh. <laughs> Uh, so their 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 they, hijab, they their jobs got in the way. Well, they accidentally left the uh, what, are, what do they call the the, the welding the arc arc yeah, welders whatever that thing is that they weld with they right oh we, they put it down and like, prayer oh yeah well they have, to pray, they have to pray five times yeah well they, that's yeah so that's what happened oops just kidding people y'all are so serious why is the media so serious it's like. Oh, oh, don't say Muslims. Muslims did it because, uh, uh, you know, people are going to go out and start killing Muslims. It's like, no, let's, you know, just well, lighten up people. The only, the only thing that I did hear was that, that apparently the, the first alarm went off. Oh, I did hear this. And that, that they dispersed people to, to go out and check it, and then they didn't find anything, and then they went back. Yeah. Went off again, and I guess it was somewhere time around about bad traffic, so they didn't really get out there for the second time. And then by the time the third time hit, it was it was it was too much. Yeah, it was too far. Too sad. Yeah, and I didn't realize this. You know that the the crown of thorns and a piece of the cross from Jesus's uh, yes. crucifixion was there. Yes, I had no idea. Well, okay, let's now. There's there's discussion about whether it's legit. That's yeah. I kind of have issue with that. Oh, you don't think it's legit? Do I think I've been, Come on, uh, man. Okay. I think Jesus lived and walked on the earth. Right. And I, I think he was crucified by the Romans. Right. I mean, I believe that he rose. But I don't think the movement started till uh, quite some time later. Yeah. Oh, we just happened to, oh, so we just happened to dig up the, the, the crown maybe, maybe of thorns? Was, maybe somebody found it in a yard sale. <laughs> We've got sandals. We've got sandals here. Sandals. Oh, here's a piece of cross. Piece, piece of cross. Oh, no, we've got very, a, very. We got a rose bush that's that's uh, put. Round. It's it round. Looks like a wreath. Yeah, yeah. Rose bush. It doesn't look like a good Christmas wreath. You take it for I three just, bucks. I just, I just have three shekels. I just have doubts. I mean, really? Well, don't ask me. Dude. I, don't I wasn't know. there. I don't either. I'm not Catholic. I'm Methodist. Um, but it's very interesting because. Like I have not been to church in a while, and after watching that, I'm, I think I'm going to go, go back to church. I'm going to go to church Easter Sunday this year, so, only because I saw so that. So you're you're a cheester, or what do they call? Yeah, it? whatever. Easter, I don't care. Easter and Christmas. It's not about religion for me. It's about faith and how you exercise your faith. Um, is, is faith really, has nothing to do with religion. Yeah, or or spirituality. Well, yeah, I don't think spirituality really is. I think religion is tied to po- politics and, and how the church goes about regulating um, people. That's, that's, uh, 
I, I was something having, religiously means you do it over and over, over and over again, right? And I, I was having this conversation with somebody at work about you have to know the area if you're listening to this podcast and you're not. On 75, there's a, a, a church. It's called the Solid Rock Church. At one point in time, they had what we called Touchdown Jesus. It was a big statue of Jesus with his hands up in the air like he was a referee in somebody's school. Notre Dame. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not it's the, the same. same. Yeah. You know, this, they also called him Big Butter Jesus because he looked like a stick of butter. Um, is that down in the corner where 35 hits 70? No, no, no. This is past, okay. well past that. Anyway, the, the point of this whole thing is Solid Rock Church is a very big church, and there's rumors about how you know how they spend their money. That Across the uh, other side of 75 is, is a horse farm that apparently the, the owner of the Solid Rock Church has, and that's a very big horse farm. So... If you start using the religious idea that, that religion is not supposed to be about making money, it's supposed to be about God and getting to heaven, you start questioning why there's so much money. And that's just, that's just my opinion. Sure. You, can, you can write to me on Facebook and tell me I'm wrong. That's fine. Well, I'm sure I'm, I, I just pissed a ton of people off um, making a joke about Muslims working but, uh, well, you know, the that, church that's and fine. burning it down. It's but, like, that, I really don't believe that. I'm just making a point that our, the media... Would just we'll say just about anything to get. Well, you know, they won't touch that. No, of course not. People were cut off online, even broaching this, you know, the subject that maybe it could have been a terrorist. Well, yeah, they won't, they it's won't, like, oh, don't don't say that. Don't, don't say, say that, that because that'll like, start something else. Yeah, and it's but, like, just well, can we just talk about the truth? Right. Just talk about. Oh, what we're happened. not going to tell the truth because somebody might get offended, hurt, offended or yeah, hurt. Right. It's well, like the, the no, world. It's just if the world is about getting offended, I, we're I, all in trouble. I, I'm not. I. I I have nothing against Muslims huh? or Islam or anything like that. I think huh. I'm an American. There are, you there practice what you do. What you need to do there, to get by, people. There are good people and bad people in the world. But getting back to my point, because there's a point with the big did butter Jesus. I did. Well, I did, and and I, you didn't let me finish because I'm using too many words. Um, so the touchdown Jesus, probably about oh god, maybe ten years ago, got hit by lightning. And oh. Jesus was burning. Oh, Jesus burned to the to the ground, and they had pictures that they put up. I'm sure if you go to YouTube and put down, you know, touchdown Jesus or burning or whatever. So for me, not being the kind of religious person that can sit and quote Bible verses or any of that I kind of stuff, no, no, no. I'm not suggesting that I can. But I do remember the one about you know false idols and and you know I, I'm thinking That's that may yeah that might be like a sign from God that big better Jesus was really not something that he wanted. Maybe I'm wrong, but you know, maybe just lightning hit. Maybe just lightning hit it, but I sometimes I take those things as signs. So they, they when the thing went away, <laughs> when it went away, when the name fights yeah, yeah. That's that's no. I'd like there's no tie. That, Michigan, that, I can't. It doesn't matter. So the the point is now they replaced Big Butter Jesus with with five five dollar foot long Jesus. He has his hands out like this, like it's a five dollar foot long. Notre Dame is burning, and we're going to hell. Okay, um, that's, a that's, Dodge Viper. We're going well, to hell. Well played. <laughs> so, what made me think about um, you know going to church or, or whatever, or not going to church? I'm going to go to church. Haven't been in a long time, but the Phoenix. You know what the Phoenix is? Yeah, that thing that rises. In mythology the rises to the bird. Ashes. It's a bird. Yeah. Yeah. And supposedly it burns. Right, and it, and, and it rises. The Firebird's sweet. Right. Yeah, I, I guess. And then it rises from the ashes. But it's a common theme throughout uh, mythology and storytelling. I think you do. I think you do have to burn off the dead. 
parts of you, you know, to re renew and have growth. So maybe that's just it was like a sign for me. It's like there's this gorgeous 850-year-old church burning down in Paris. And I haven't been to church in forever. So for me it was just kind of a yeah, you know. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go, I will report back on how church I'm sure the, I'm sure the church is still there. Oh <laughs> it's where Cameron plays. Oh that's St. Saint, Saint Andrews. Yeah, St. Andrews. I've I, I played there with him before. It's St. Andrews, but it's Methodist. Yeah. It's a nice church. Yeah. They're nice people. So anyways, that was my rant on Notre Dame. Don't drink Apologies. the co- Don't drink the coffee. Oh, that's it's terrible. <laughs> They have Girl Scout cookies. The cookies are good, but don't dip it in the coffee. You'll never get the co- cookie, your finger, or the coffee back. I'm sorry. I, you know, I can't help it. So my apologies to whoever I offended for my foolishness about Muslim workers. <laughs> I didn't mean it. It was just, it was just a joke, people. Give me a break. And I want to do a couple follow-ups from last week's episode, okay? Let's start with the anti-vaxxers. Did you see on the news that now there's some lady in a coma in Israel with from the measles, complications from the measles? No, I did not see that. Flew out of New York. She caught the measles on a plane? Caught the measles on a plane. Well, I probably had it before. Same then, but... sh- well, caught, she has the same strain that's associated with 40 cases in New York with that Orthodox Jewish community. Oh, that, that, that doesn't do the... Yeah, now this guy, he's, he's, he's like what they call patient zero or... I don't know what they call it, but anyways, it's the same strain that has affected 40 other people and now she's... she's well, It's not getting better. She's going to die. She might. She, she's in a coma. That's not good. They can't, they can't give her the shot now. No, it's too late. So, so has anybody stepped up and said she should have gotten a shot? Or, or, or I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she couldn't have. There's people that you know can't get. The oh, shot. can't. Yeah, right. So those of us that can or, or can vaccinate our children need to be getting on top of it and doing it. Well, to just, protect other people. Just like any other side, I'm sure the anti-vaxxers will have their no they, things they, to think that make you. No, what they will have is lies. They will, it's not fake news or alternate facts. What they have. It's a pack of lies that they've been fed that relates to their bias that they buy into for, you know, whatever the hell support people. Why do people think the way they do? I don't know, but they need to wake up. Or, yeah, or they're going to get the measles. Okay, so that was follow-up number one. Follow-up number two. We talked about the cold. Getting a cold. Oh, yeah. And sure enough, that's all it took. Us to talk about getting a cold, and guess what JR comes down with? Cold. God damn it! I come down with a cold right after we talk about coming down with cold. And we talked about zinc right. is is a proven method to fight it off. Zycam. And we talked about airborne. Right. And so on and so forth. So this has been a strange cold because usually it starts in my nose. Or throat. Work this up and get real stuffy, and then it finally ends in my chest where I'm like, I start to feel better. I'm coughing everything out of my chest. This one was different. It started in the chest. And, you know, just not feeling right. So I took your advice. I went up to the cabinet and I found some Zycam. I did not find any of the nasal 
swabs or kill, but what I did find was uh, some lozenges. You to take them, it says on the thing, take them every three hours. Well, I took those, they were gone. So I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this experiment. And? I'm a human experiment. And? So, well, I've been feeling good. So I'm like, I'm gonna go to the commissary and buy some more Zycam. Guess right. what they don't have there? Zycam. None! Guess what they do have? Airborne. How did you know? Well, because I figured. <laughs> so the vitamin C thing is still on the market. Now, what they did have, and I've, I've been trying it, and we'll see if it works, is coldies. Oh, okay. Cold now, what's, what's in coldies? Zinc. Okay. Glycid. Gly, blah, blah, something or other. Glycer, glycer, glycer? Glycerone? Glycerone? No, glycerone. I don't know what it is. Okay. But it's, it's zinc. Okay. And they, it's it's a, it's, a, it's more of a lozenger like right. a you like a halls. It's more like a halls. The other one was like a a pit, almost like a a large aspirin that dissolved in your Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Back here. GNC has those things. I used to work for GNC. Okay. Yeah. This is more of a, a halls type thing. So I'm continuing on the zinc program and so far so good. I'm okay. feeling much better than when it started, so I think so how long ago did it start? Like right after? Sunday. Uh, Sunday. Sunday. So today. Saturday a little bit. I was working out in the yard Saturday. I thought, oh, it's allergies. But by Sunday. Uh, so Sunday's when you started taking the, the zinc? No, I didn't take the zinc till Monday. Wow. That's a, that's a little late. I know. I should have gone on it sooner. But all right. So, but if it prevents you from getting the cold too deeply, then it's worthwhile. And it's only been four days. So you're, yeah. you're still in the. Usually it's a seven to 10 day experience right. for me. Right. Well, it's, and that's a typical thing because there's a germination mm-hmm. period and then you get the seven to 10 days yeah. and then you're still contagious sometimes after that. Oh, well, I didn't make the spaghetti tonight. Lisa did. So the spaghetti was good. By the way. Yeah. yeah. We'll get to the finer things in a minute here. Yeah. 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 So that was the follow up or put to bed, um, some loose ends because we took care of apple fritters. Right. We took care of anti-vaxxers, and we put to bed Zycam. It does work, or zinc, at least in my opinion. And it does say clinically proven. It says clinic, clinically proven on, it does not say that on I, I make up some shit, but I don't make up that. Some shit. <laughs> well, maybe more than some. All right. We got time for, do you want to do another tune? I think we should do another tune. Okay. I've got um, a tune called Black Rain. Want to do that one? Yeah, let's do Black Rain. It's like a, it's like a minor thing. Let's let's talk about the tune. Where did it come from? Um, just just kind of was in a mood and wrote this, and then I was trying to figure out a name for it. And um, we had talked we had talked last week after this, and I one of my favorite movies with Michael Douglas is a, is a movie Black I Rain. I just watched it, and that's we, we, we talked we, about, we talked about that. this uh, right. And I had never seen the whole thing. It's actually it's a great <laughs> movie. It's a great movie. He's a he's a, he's, I don't know, he's he's a little over. Dramatic a little sometimes. Well, he's got the long hair and hang in there, cowboy. Yeah, everything'll be good. You know, you can watch somebody get their head cut off, and you know, some interesting stuff. It was, it was cool though for yeah. an '80s movie. Oh, it was great. You know, and he he was driving a bike. I mean, yeah, he, he's at that age. You know, he's like three thousand years old now. But back then, he was you know he was oh, yeah. he was like studly. Oh, he 40. was in his yeah. That was right after the um, streets of San Francisco. <laughs> no, he was he was him and Carl Malden. Young boy in that. Yeah, he, he, was, was, he, he was he was very young buck in that. Yeah. I was thinking the movie where um, he has an affair with uh, Fatal Attraction. Fatal Attraction. He was in his prime then too. Yeah, well, that and um, um, Basic Instinct. 
Yes. Oh, with oh, she was Sharon hot. Stone. Yeah, Sharon Stone. Mm-hmm. She was hot. She still is. I'm sure she is. She still is. So, anyways, let's get back to the tune. So, I I, I wrote the tune and was trying to figure out something. It, it you know has a little bit of uh, uh, it's a minor minor type of a feel, and Black Rain is you know kind of a minor type of a feel movie. Yeah. I guess. So, the melody. Tell us a little bit about the melody. Did you, did you, did you put much thought into that, or just something you came up with? Yeah, it was. When I write a song, um, sometimes the melody is just there, and and sometimes the changes create the melody for me. the the changes for The changes for me in this particular one created the melody. I just sat there and played it, and then I start going, "This is this is it. This is the, this is the melody right. that works over." And it's not just because theoretically it works over the changes. You just hear it and you go, "This is this is what it is." Sometimes I'll write a melody and then I'll have to try to write music around it. Usually that's a little harder for me. I'm usually writing the changes then I'm writing the melody afterwards so the, the, all I'll say is that the, 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 the changes created the melody for me so usually when I think of um, oriental music because you were talking about the movie right which is set in Japan right you know I, I think of <laughs> right I wish we had this on video. You can see JR shaking his head and smiling like his little Cupid doll. <laughs> but it's not like this. this yeah, yes, yes. The open, the open fence, of course. Yeah. No. Okay, it's not like that at all, though. No, it's not no. like that. Because Black Rain's gritty. Yeah, yeah. This well, the change the change is a little gritty. I mean, the the, the B section has minor going into major and ends on the, in this big fat. Who was the guy that got his head cut off? Because he was he's a big actor too. I'm trying to think of. Um... Oh, you're gonna you're gonna do this. Yeah, you? yeah. Well, we'll have to look this, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna text you no, at three we'll o'clock in the morning. He, he, it was it's somebody. I'll I'll look it up here on a break in a sec. Um, oh, was it Andy Garcia? It was Andy Garcia. It was Andy Garcia. Thank God I got that. Yeah. I would have been up at 3 o'clock in the morning posting on Facebook. It was Andy Garcia, Andy Garcia. <laughs> go to Google and go, Google. I yeah, got yeah. their head chopped off. I, like, I hate that. Well, you, Please. Do you know now that when you're on Google, John Legend is the Google guy that talks? I love John Legend. Well, I do too. But but when they change that, I'm thinking, how does he sit? On, is he sitting in like some recording room somewhere and answering all these questions? Cause, it's IA. Well, India. Yeah. No, it's his, his. It's his voice. You will assimilate. <laughs> hey, thank, the have taken over. Th- thank you. You'll, you'll never work at a drive-through again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's play this tune. All right, that sounds good.
Well, what'd you think? I liked it. It does have a darkness to it. Yeah, a little bit. That, that, um, that something, I don't know. I just like that kind of... Yeah, man, there's something to that. Um... Well, well done, sir. Well, well like I said, this, if this the podcast is done nothing, it's making me write more. Which is good. I like that. Good. I really well, do. We had a listener to the podcast who, um, I, I shot it out to him. He's a good friend of mine. Um, his name's Rick Cortez, um, musician. We were roommates in North Texas together. Hi, Rick. Yeah. Hey, Rick. What's going on, bro? Um, Rick is from Falfurious, Texas, which is down on the border. Falfurious? Falfurious, yes. It's, it sounds like you got some kind of itch somewhere. It's, it is down on the border. Oh, 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 that's not a euphemism. I'm sorry. No, he's, <laughs> it's, uh, he, um, so I'm from Pittsburgh. I'm going to school in North Texas. There's no going home for Thanksgiving. So he goes, hey, let's go to let's, Falfurious, <laughs> Texas. I'm like, all right, dude, let's go. And I mean, it's down Corpus area. And um, we go down there, and it's, it's great. His great team and his folks, great food, loved his family. It's like, get into the, you know, the, the Mexican, Tex-Mex kind of culture was awesome for me. Um, we went to a friend's house or something or other. We're coming back on a, on a, a road, like a, you know, back road, and we get pulled over. We weren't speeding, nothing's going on. I'm in the passenger seat. Rick's driving, and it's the Border Patrol. Wow. Yes. And like, um, we need to see some identification to him. And he looks more, you know, Latino what you, than what I. What do you mean, man? <laughs> what do you mean, man? I don't need identification. He speaks good Spanish. Oh, boy. Yeah. At least that's what he says. His, his mother told me not so much, but, you know, mom's probably being tough on him. I have a lot more than me. I'm, a, I'm just some. I'm just some white bass player from Pittsburgh. La what do Puerto. I know? I don't know anything. I say. I say. I things. I say things like it's going down time. She's stillers. <laughs> so my accent is. I really. I really can't make. You know, yeah. I, that's, I'm. I'm out of my element, Dottie. You're out of your, your element, element. Uh, uh, dude. It's not about the carpet pissers. Anyways. <laughs> They get done inspecting and, and giving, you know, the once-over to Twice. Rick. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I got my ID because it's, you know, I'll get my license out. They look over at me, but it's at night, and the guy flashes his light at me. And I go, I got my ID. He goes, never mind. <laughs> White boy. Yeah, never mind. Honky. Wait. <laughs> you see my car, too? <laughs> Take me down town. Take me down town, Fab Furious. Fab Furious. Take me down town. <laughs> I'll do an interview in that, you know? A bunch of Jags. Y'all are a bunch of Jags out here. Yes. Uh, it's a bunch of Jags. That's uh, Pittsburgh talk. Uh, Pittsburghese. I'm, I'm sure Ricky is sitting somewhere going, oh, God. Rick's going, don't, don't do this, oh, JR. God damn it, don't, JR. JR. Uh, uh, I'm going to go home and practice my Spanish because my mother's going to call me. Is your Spanish any better? <laughs> no. So, anyways, uh, Rick did a listen to the pod. And he had some great advice for us. Yeah. Maybe some. Thank you. Uh, Things we can do with uh, vocal, compression, just some of the pre-production, post-production, and um, we started talking a little bit about you know I was gigging a ton in Virginia, right? I was working at least two, three nights a week in the summer, four or five nights a week, and more, and it was great. And now that I'm here, I'm doing a podcast in my basement with you. What's that supposed to be? <laughs> 
No offense, Kenny. None taken. Excellent. Because it's hard to get gigs around here. And he was like, yeah. I mean, he's in Laredo because that's where he teaches. I think Delmore College or something along Del- Delmore, 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 like yeah. Sorry, Rick. I missed, I messed up your college name. He told me earlier, but I don't remember. Yeah, so, but it's in Laredo. And he's like, yeah, man, it's it's like a jazz desert out here. <laughs> and he goes and plays. He goes, I'm like a jazz missionary. I'm on a jazz border, man. I'm on a, he's like in the jazz Sahara. <laughs> he's, trying to, he's out there on camels, you know, like, I got to find it. I'm, I'm sorry, sir. You've used up all your three jazz chords. You're going to have to stop now. <laughs> I'm on a jazz camel in the jazz Sahara. <laughs> Playing Coltrane, man. I'm looking for the... Uh, the, an oasis, man. I, I need somebody with some horn glasses. Playing some two five ones. So, Rick, I feel your pain. It's you know different different places. You get work other places. You don't. It's not based on your skill. No, it has nothing to do with skill. It has to do with how many gigs there are, and opposed to how many people can play. So I have a rehearsal here tomorrow. With guys I don't even know. Who are you rehearsing with tomorrow? So Greg Dirth is... Um, oh, you know Greg? I know Greg. Yeah, he plays with the Stompers. Who right. I played with a couple times. He's like, I play guitar too. And I'm trying to put a band together. I'm like, all right. Who's what else do I have to do? Who's playing with them? I don't know. I can tell you their numbers because we're in this group text thing. Well, I can look at my like, phone. I got my phone. My phone's in the car. Yeah, it's, we can cross-reference. It's probably Eric Greifenhausen. On I'll let phone. you know. I'll let you know. Craig's, Craig's, Craig's a nice guy. It's any good. Greg is not to take away from Greg's musical ability, but he is a phenomenal painter. Really phenomenal. Greg Gregory Dearmorth or yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, he's a phenomenal painter. Interesting. Yeah, he just did a, a portrait of Cashwell. I saw that. That's who it is. That's a really nice portrait. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's right, very, very nice. Very nice to this guy tomorrow maybe he'll, maybe he'll do like a you know a portrait of us playing playing at the podcast yes that would be so cool that would be and no. we'll post it yeah because it's certainly better than our ugly mugs oh my god i love you question we have faces made for podcast yeah we certainly don't face face we have faces made for radio and podcasts yeah <laughs> and my voice is made for radio so we need to come up with a theme song for um take me to the weller because that's oh, our next segment, yeah. and I've been thinking about this little thing. It's just, I don't have the bass part, but I do have I have the vocal down, okay. and I'm stealing it from... Um, I used to live in a rugby house at West Virginia University, and these rugby and players... You still have all your teeth? <laughs> well, if you play rugby in West Virginia... You might have teeth to start with, but when you're done, you're gonna, you're certainly gonna, you're certainly gonna have false teeth. Yeah, yeah and a couple stitches on top of that. So it's gonna be like, uh, they used to have this little chant. Okay. And I was thinking, we'll, we'll steal this, but it needs to be like kind of take me down to the river, take me down, but I mean, take me down to the weller, right. take me down to the weller, take me down to the who who Welcome okay. to take me down to the, the weller. All right. This is where we talk story. Band stories uh, related on to... On the road. On the road or... Dedicated to Scott, Master Sergeant Retired... Scott Weller. United States. Scott Weller, this. Um, all right. So, years ago, back when uh, both of us were young, and you weren't in the Air Force, but I was. I was a youngster. Yeah. I was, still, I was probably at West Virginia. I was probably 86... No, 85. It was 85. I was. 
So hanging out with rugby players. Okay, hanging out with rugby rugby players, and I was like 22 or 23. Right. So um, we're doing a gig. The Air Force Band of the East from McGuire Air Force Base did um, several several tours, and they finally did one tour that was an eight-piece or a ten-piece show called The Dream of Flight. We changed the name of it to The Dream of Blight, the Idaho Potato Famine. And it, what it did is it started with the early years of flight, and it went from decade to decade up until the 80s. So the first one was like those flying, those, those fabulous flying men and their flying machines. Right. You know, then the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s. So we got to, I got to the 70s. In the 70s, we started off with um, the Barbara Streisand hit, um, the theme from Evergreen, Love, or, you know, right, right, I think the name of it is Love. Right, so we've been on the road with this. We've been doing this for a while. It's it's really second nature. There's three vocalists out front, and the commander, Bruce Jilks, is is decided he's going to do this show at the officers' club. So actually, I think believe it, it was the NCO club, but it was it was one of those clubs. So the stage was very small, and Bruce is up there on the stage, and he's and he's conducting, and he's cueing the vocalists. Well, the vocalist, Alvina Wimbish, and yes, Alvina, I'm telling this story. Um, the, the, the vocalist was so close that when Bruce waved his hands, he waved his hands in front of her and he scared her. So when, when she immediately... This is during the performance? This is during the performance. He's, he's like, well, it didn't scare her like that, but she was startled and she snapped to attention and sang the following words to love, the love theme from Evergreen, all right? So it's supposed to be like love soft as a morning air or something like that, right? She sang, and I quote, love soft as an awning, love, it's just like yawning. <laughs> now, I'm pedaling a, a, a mighty D. That's what, that's what. And I'm, I'm, I'm pedaling this D, and I am laughing so hard I fell off my seat. <laughs> the only thing that saved me is I was still playing the D. Uh... I, and I just looked over at the, then my, my uh, future brother-in-law, the, bar, the baritone horn player, and I go, did I just hear that right? He goes, yep, love soft as an awning. Love, it's just like yawning. Couldn't make that up if I tried. No, that is and, classic. And the, 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 the best part of the whole thing, obviously we don't have faces for, we have faces for radios, you can't see this, but Bruce Jokes is up there conducting the band, and you hear him, hear, you see his face, and his face goes from this, I'm conducting to love soft as a uh, what the what the hell is this? But he kept his hands going, and that was half of the battle too. Because now I'm laughing at what she's saying, and Bruce is making this these awful faces. I'm going, this is beautiful. This thing about live music that you just can't you, you can't you can't take it back. Once no, it's there, it's, it's, it's out like playing there. Playing here, it's like you're gonna make mistakes. Get over it. Oh, yeah. yeah, if you don't if you don't get over it, we're, why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah. So that's my ticket to the Weller story. Outstanding. Take me down to the weather. Take me down to the hoo hoo hoo. There we go. That's that's our theme song for taking me down to the weather. <laughs> I'll write I'll write music later, but at least we have the words. Right, that's all you need. Yeah. So usually for us, we do all the music first, and there's no words. There's no words. So and for I, this and segment, it, it will now be we'll just, just take some lyrics, and here we go. Hopefully, hopefully Scott will hear this one day and go, "What are you guys doing with my name?" <laughs> Oh, we love you, man. Well, we love you, man. I love you, man. It's like that commercial. I just saw, I just saw a picture of him on a Facebook. 
with another band guy that I know. I haven't seen Scott in forever. I think he's still up in Alaska. He is up in Alaska. He works for uh, State or something, I think. Yeah. 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 So, okay, we're going to go to the reading room. I have a, I have a short little um, thought on the reading room. Do we have music? For, I don't know if we have music uh, for the reading room. Yeah, we do. Ladies and gentlemen, on base, present the reading room. I didn't even plan that. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, we could hands. almost do this for a living. No, I don't know. say that. Yeah, Dark Horse will never give us a sponsorship if we do it for a living. We've got to, got to claim poverty. We'll never make any money. Help us, Dark Horse. Help us. So I'm still in the middle of this book. It's it's called Lessons Learned of the Hanoi Hilton. Oh, oh, okay. How's that? It's it's hard to get through. No harder than I've read a lot of the survivors' books. Right. Um. James Stockdale, Robbie Reisner, um, Bill Reeder is a more recent one. He was wow. an army helicopter guy. In Vietnam? Um, in Vietnam? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's very interesting because it, it's, it's taken a very um, tough subject to talk about, these guys being tortured or whatnot, and lessons learned of how they were able to pull together as a team and overcome adversity. So, and they kind of apply it to corporate corporate lessons that you can take away of leadership. Okay. Which um, I'm about three quarters of the way, but I can't. I, it's, it's like I just can't push all the way through. You know, read it for a while. I got digested, put it aside, and let it sit for a little bit. Yeah. But um, good book, good stories. I'm finding that there are a lot of people out there that aren't familiar with what the Hanoi Hilton is and people that are in the Air Force, especially the younger airmen. Oh, yeah, they have no idea. Yeah, so I take the time and try and, you know, explain our history and our heritage to them and what those guys went through and how important it is for us to know our history. Because, what you know, those were our best and our brightest. You don't become a fighter pilot. No. Or any pilot in the military without being the cream of the crop. Because we're not going to give you a multi-million dollar machine to fly through the air. Right. And, and unless you have your program together. And, and they put them all in this, in, this, in this building with a bunch of morons. Guys that couldn't read to guard them. You know, the, the North Korean guards are, you know. And our guys did pretty well. They kept the chain of command and everything else. They did. They did. They returned with honor, which was was their mantra. So that is our short but ever so sweet section called the reading room. I don't have anything to say over this, so thank you. For listening to the reading room. That's because I was playing and I wasn't talking. <laughs> Where's my partner? Come on, man. I'm too busy trying to figure out how to play the, play the notes. So what else right. we got? I think we have the finer things coming up. Okay. We've been saving that. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's do the finer things next. So the reading room. Yeah. Brought to you by... 
whoever. Whoever. This is an open sponsor. Right. We we need a sponsor. Listening. This is a segment you really want to sponsor. So. Contact us via two middle-aged bass players that have had something to drink that really want to talk, and if and we play have, bass. if we and play, well, yes, of course, and they and, have no gigs because they're in the Jazz Sahara, right? Jazz Sahara on the, on on the border. They're, they're in Dayton on camels, <laughs> playing two five Jazz ones. camels, trying to get people to believe that two five ones are very important. So, so trying to find gigs here in Dayton, I put together the JR Herb Trio. Oh, that's right. And we're working. We're, we got some gigs here. We're actually doing uh, our next gig is someone's retirement. When's so, that? Um, it's coming up on the fourth. Is that Kelly Mc? Uh, yeah, Carrie McDonough. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so we're gonna do some music. People coming in, some things during the ceremony, and then some music going out. So she's staying in the. She's staying in the area. Yeah, yeah, she is. Because she said something about when her kid wants to take bass Yeah, they're Beaver Creek. So. So anywho, the the the, the, cre- uh, the trio, or credo, is let's just have some fun, play stuff we want to play, and that's, yeah, what is that? I like that. Yeah, a little Hendrix, y'all. And we do that. So what we've been doing is we've been trying to find tunes that um, people recognize and do them in more of a jazz setting. So we've taken uh, painted black from the stones and turned it into like a uh, Latin merengue kind of thing, and we do the Jeff Beck version of the um, Beatles, a day in the life, you know, and, and just kind of have fun, do our thing. So we're rehearsing last week, and John says, "Hey man, let's do Love Hurts," and I'm like, "What?" The Nazareth. It wasn't Nazareth. It was Nazareth. It was like, I'm like, are you going to do a rock love ballad? Sorry. (laughs) Why just came out of Vinny's nose and went to clean up the I'm okay. And and he's like, well, it's on the new Julian Lodge album. And I'm like, oh, let's listen to it. The WikiLeaks guy? No, that's E. (laughs) (laughs) Did he get picked up in, like, you know, Krakow or something? Julian Lodge is a. Prodigy, child prodigy guitar players. Now, Julia Assange. Yeah, not Assange. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, never mind. Oh, oh, Vinny. <laughs> it's not time to say goodnight, JR. It's not time to say goodnight. <laughs> We've got to get through this segment. This is oh, one of my. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Love hurts, Jim. Love hurts. Love hurts. Yes. Um, so I did a little research, and they were not the writers. That was not their tune. Who originally did it? The Everly Brothers, back in the 50s. So I went back and I took a listen to it. And it's a little more up. You know, it's a little more of an up to, like you would think from a 50s, you know, Emily sure. Brothers tune, you know. So listen to that. I listened to the Nazareth version, then I listened to the, the Julian Lodge version and put it down on paper because we're going to do it. I think people recognize stuff that they're like, they're listening to like a jazz trio and they're hearing, what is that? I recognize that, but I don't know what the heck it is and I did the same thing when I put on the um, the Julia Lodge version of it so um, what did you I do went with, ahead and arranged it for the what, band so did you do his version or did you do your own version it was, it was kind of it's pretty much the, the ver- I just copped it off of the Julian Lodge thing okay if you're going to steal um, steal steal from a child prodigy yeah why not <laughs> I think that what I got is um, pretty basic I, there's a couple little 
substitutions I'd like to make. There's like this section um, where it goes to a G minor, but you could put an E flat major major nine in there instead. You know, like it goes to like it goes like the D seven to G minor. It goes and does that again, all right? But for the G minor, you could go play the same thing. I'm going to play the bass notes just to mix it up a little. So it's going to go. So D, D minor. D or minor. D, I'm sorry, D7. D7. Then the G minor. Oh, that's nice. If I put the E flat in there, it gives it a nice, it mixes it up a little. Yeah. So we could do that to kind of like, you know, you're expecting to hear the. You're expecting to hear the message right. you hear. So there's sure. things we can do to kind of mix it up and make it a little more fun for us. But I, I got the I just have like a, a bare bones, bare naked kind of chart and thought yeah. we could play that. Okay. We'll you give know. it a shot? Yeah, let's give let's give it a run and see how it comes out. Okay, here we go.
boy, it's been a long time since I've heard that tune. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's going to be fun. I think people will recognize and go, what is Just kind of scratch their head. Sure. That's how we ended up doing the um, Paint It Black. Because I was watching um, something on HBO. The, the, what's the Western show where they got robots that are... Westworld? Westworld. Yes. And that's going on in the background, but it's, it's a symphony orchestra. And I'm like, I know that song. But I can't place it. That's it, yeah. So we do that as a like as a Latin kind of tune. It works out really kind of nice. And you can, yeah, you can take that section really, take it outside if you want. Yeah, sure, absolutely. So, yeah, it's yeah. done with that. Yeah. So maybe we should do that next time. Oh, we could. We could do that. I don't. I don't think Mick's gonna bo- gonna bother listening to this podcast. You know, or Keith or Ron Wood, you know, so we'll be fine. I don't think they're going to, yeah, with their royalties. Especially the guys in the band, because they didn't get any credit for writing the tunes. No. Ron Wood and... And, uh... Who was the... Charlie Watts. Yeah. Yeah, and Bill Bill Wyman was a bass player back then, but he's not a bass player now. I wonder who's going out with them playing bass, because the last time it was... uh, Daryl Jones. Wasn't it? It was Daryl Jones and it was Pino Palladino. Oh, Pino was with them. Holy crap. Yeah. So, like we know these guys, we know who they are. Or who, yeah. Um, but so yeah, I like that idea. Maybe we could break out Paint It Black or some version of it that could be fun. Okay. Let us know, people. Let us know what you think. Get out to our Facebook page and drop us a drop us a line. If you have ideas for topics, do that. If you want to hear some disco remakes, we can do that, or at least the bass parts. <laughs> Recognize this tune? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me if you know this one. That's about three. I can that's name about, that tune. I, I, I can name 3,000 tunes. Like I can that. name that tune in one octave. <laughs> that's, that, that's, disco, that's disco. I recognize that. Alex, I'll take the Bee Gees for 500. Oh, God. Oh, let's talk about that real quick before we, before we sign off. Okay. This guy has been on Jeopardy, and he's killing it. He's got a huge overbite or underbite. He sits there and looks at the looks at the camera and he says he looks like this. Looks, he's looks like the guy from Swing Blade. Somewhere between, uh, I figured this out and Lisa helped me with it. It's somewhere between Chrissy as well, between Gomer Pyle and um, oh, what did Lisa say. I can't remember. It was so funny, but uh, he's won half a million dollars in about ten days. Yeah. He's on. He's on track. Oh God, he's great. You know, he's got a strategy. He came in. I watched him day one, and he's like, "I'm going to start at the bottom. I'm going to find these daily doubles. I'm going to find the daily doubles, and you know, I'm, I'm going all in. Yeah, I'm pushing it to the center. Well, the the the, the game yesterday that we watched, he won hundred thousand, hundred five thousand dollars, and the one girl who you know was a typical Jeopardy player. Couldn't play Jeopardy, Final Jeopardy, because she she worked her way back to zero, but didn't have any money. Right. The second guy, who if it was him by being you know, another three people, another two people, he would have been fantastic. He had like uh, eleven thousand nine hundred dollars or twelve thousand dollars, and he and he f- fucked up the answer, and he wound up getting a dollar. And this guy's over there betting the farm. <laughs> he's, he's look, look, you bastards! You're supposed to play this game with money. You know what are you doing? You know I've got one hundred five thousand dollars. You've got nothing. He's a professional gambler. That's what he does. Is that what he does? Yeah, he's a sports better in Vegas. Oh, well, what do you think he's going to do with all that money when he when he gets it? 
They're going on a vacation. His wife already told him what he's doing with it. Oh, well, if I had $500,000, so, Chrissy would tell me what to do with it. Exactly. Take me on a vacation. Okay, a really long Where? Well, that's what he said. He said, we're going to do like a month here, a month there, a month somewhere else. You're, that's perfect. Yeah, so you actually get... Get you the know. feel and flavor. Yeah, no, nothing would. You're somewhere weak. It's like you know. Yeah, nothing really. would please me more to go back to Sicily, where where half my relatives are, are from, and just stay there for a month. I would love to do that. You know, I might never come back if I go out there. So, all right, Lassie. Timmy's in the well. You've got to find him. Meanwhile, Aunt Sally's in the ditch. I told you that was a meanwhile Aunt Sally's in the ditch court. I know that's. Meanwhile, Aunt Sally's in the ditch. We don't know where she is or whether she comes back or not. Tune in next week. Because on that note... Say goodnight, JR. Goodnight, JR.